Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. So, you know, I, I, just, I just expect that tonight's just another reminder, you know, about all the things that have been gone forward in the last three services. And, um, you know, and what the, the core of it has been about what, how 2015 is going to be, what this year is going to hold for all of us. You know, there's an expectancy, there's an anticipation, there's, there's things that God's going to do in and through us and for us. And uh, Brother Doug was up doing the, the offering on Sunday night, and he just got to praying, and he kept saying, greater, 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 greater. And it, it brought me back to something that, um, you know, sometimes there are just specific words you know, that God has given us at the beginning of a year, you know, that's, that's really just for us right here. And then there's times when you, you come across something that you know is for the body of Christ at large. And uh, I, was, I was watching um, Pastor Nancy on a Sunday in, in the first part of December, and then my connection got lost, and so I didn't, I didn't get to see all of it, but I knew God had, had just dropped a word in her heart. And, um, and she was giving that out, and I, was, and I had, had went to see whether it was going to be online, and they didn't archive it very quickly. And so what was interesting was I got a hold of it in print form. And so let me read this to you, and, um, and then we're going to go from there. And uh, this is about, this is a prophecy, this is how it's titled, a prophecy given to the body of Christ for 2015. And what about the new year? What will this next year hold for those who are moving with the word and the spirit? Ah, more glory, more glory, greater glory, a greater measure, a greater measure of power, for power can be had in measures. Power can be flowed with in measures. For in James, it speaks of when we pray, we make tremendous, a tremendous measure of power available, dynamic in its working. Therefore, power can be had in measures. So the new year will hold a greater measure of power, a greater degree, a higher, a higher flow, a higher flow, more, more power, greater power to bring about greater healings, greater miracles, greater manifestations, for manifestations can be had in a lesser or greater measure. So next year is to be a year that holds greater. We thank you for it, Father. Then there was a tongue that came out. Now, what was, what was just said is for those who are moving with this era, the remnant. For there is always a remnant who go on with God. There are those who are not of the remnant because they've chosen to stay with what they planned and what they had formed and what they had formulated. And they will have to stay back within their formulas. They cannot move forward because their formulas have no movement in them. Their formulas have no power from God in them. It's just based on human power. So they will get bogged down in human power, in their human thinking, in their human reasoning that holds them back. But the greater is for the remnant who say, we're going to move with the word and the spirit. This isn't just to this congregation, but to any congregation, any minister, any ministry who says, we're going to move with the word and the spirit. Next year is a year of greater. Now to those who are not moving, you won't see greater for them. You will see lesser and lesser and lesser, for they will diminish in power, diminish in influence, and diminish in visibility. 
Those who were once at the forefront, they will just recede into the background, and that's where they will stay. For that is where those who purpose not to move with God, that's where they belong. And to those who say, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to make the changes I need to make, I'm going to take the steps I need to take, and I'm going to do the things I need to do, then the greater awaits you. And do not get downcast and sad and stay back with those who do not move forward. That was their choice. You just keep moving ahead for the right choice moves you ahead. Now, that is for the body of Christ at large, but now this is for you individually and for you as an individual member of the local church and of the body of Christ. What about me personally this next year? What about me individually, as some would say? Well, leave carnal, natural, low-life things behind and reach for more. Reach for more. Use the faith that you have. Express the faith that you have. Don't be content to be at the place you were. But next year, the year of greater, is to be greater for you. Greater in your finances, greater in the anointing for your life, greater in the peace, greater in the joy, greater in health, greater in provision. Next year is to be a year of the greater. We thank you for that, Father. But to move into the greater, you have to let go of the lesser. You have to turn your back on anything that would diminish anything that would hold you into the natural and into carnal human ways of operating and thinking. You have come into greater thinking. You have to come into greater thinking to come into a greater flow. So continue to renew your mind because there's a greater work to be done in your mind. For the mind is the gateway to the spirit. If your mind stops short of the greater, so will your spirit. But if your mind will move past human reasoning, human thinking, natural thinking, and embrace the thinking of the word, then it will bring you into a greater flow of the spirit, and then things will become easy for you. That which was difficult will be difficult no longer, but it will become easy for you. So this next year is to be a year of the greater. So say it with your mouth. Say it in your home. Say it over your family. Say it over your business and over those things that are pertinent to your particular life. My home is greater this year. My marriage is greater. My children move into greater. My mind moves into greater. My finances move into greater. My health moves into greater, greater. And the personal life will then be carried into the church life. You cannot experience as a congregation the greatness that God has if people are not moving into that greatness in their individual lives. So move into the greatness of the anointing for this next year And as you do that individually, then the entire church family will step up. The congregation will step up. But if you don't and live life as usual and resume yesteryear's way of living, then it will be a hindrance to the moving forward as a church family. So know this, the way you conduct your personal life will affect this local family. So for the sake of the plan of God for this church family, reach into the greater, move into the greater, Put a greater demand and expectation upon your own self, upon your own standards, and upon your way of thinking. Bring it into the greater. Bring it into the greater level of honor, a greater level of excellence, and a greater standard. That in itself is a major sermon. A major sermon. And so I went back and, and, and I had read this and And I just, you know, you can read things like this, and you can say, yeah, that's great. You can say amen to it. And yet, individually, we have to believe it, 
individually, we have to receive it. And individually, we have to see ourselves in this. Don't look around seeing it as, as all for someone else. But see it for you. This is something that's for you. This is something for you to be a part of. This is something for you to, at the end of 2015, to look back and say, yeah, yeah, I got right in that. I moved in that. I moved in with, with what, the word, what the word that came out at the beginning of the year. I moved with that. I saw it in my life. I partook of that in my life. I participated as a family in this. I took it as, as part of my commission to the, to the world. I took it as part of my commission in the local body. I took it. See, we have to all take responsibility for what we hear. We have to personally take it on as, as God's personally speaking it to us. It's not for everybody but me unless I don't want to participate in the greater. If I don't want to participate in the greater, then I can sit back and do nothing. But if I want to find myself having been a recipient and a possessor of the greater by the end of this year, then I have to do something. You know, there are so many times when, when things come up and, and, and some people receive it and act on it and others don't. And then those same people will, the people who don't, will look back and say, well, I wish I had what they had. I wish I was as blessed as they, they are. Listen, everybody has to do it the same way. If you want the blessings that you see in somebody else's lives, you have to do what they did to get it. You have to do what they did to walk in it. You have to do what they did to receive it. You see somebody being more blessed than you are? What is it they're doing? Ask yourself, what is it they're doing that I'm not doing? Now, now, granted, there are times I understand that, you know, the enemy may be on the attack and you just have to stand your ground. Maybe they saw their blessing come to pass a little sooner than you did. But stand your ground if that's the case. But, you know, it, it always bears looking and saying, what is it I need to do to be a partaker of what God has said is mine in 2015? We have to be specific about some things. You know, you can, you can go through a, a whole year expectant with a great deal of expectancy, but what are you expecting? You have to get specific about what you're expecting. You know, I know the Word says you have not because you ask not. Well, God knows my needs. Well, you have to, you, you have to verbalize those things. God knows what the whole world needs. The whole world needs Jesus, but the whole world has not accepted Jesus because they haven't verbalized it. Believe in your heart, speak with your mouth. You know, it, it still works the same in every situation of our lives. We believe it in our heart, and then we begin to speak it. We begin to speak it. A New Year's resolutions that, that Mark talked about, they'll never happen if you don't make some. And... You'll never, you'll never attain anything without setting specific goals. Well, I'd like to lose some weight this year. Well, that's, you know, 95% of the world, you know, says that going into the new year. 
But if you don't make some specific goals, you won't ever move toward having what that resolution is all about. You know, it's, it's easy to remain vague and at the end of the year go, oh, well, you know, you know, didn't happen. It's not going to be better at the end of the year unless you start somewhere. And best get a jump on it by starting at the beginning. You know, how much more can we accomplish if we start now than if we wait? And so that's why this is New Year's message number four. Potential. There's so much potential, you know, in in what was given through this word. And yet, potential will never be realized until goals are set and the steps needed to attain them are taken. You know, you can set, you know, I have learned over the years, you know, that that you can set long-term and short-term goals. A long-term goal is is the ultimate. You know, this is where I want to be at the 2015. But what's your goal for next week or next month or by next Sunday? You know, it's interesting to me that as humans, you know, we we set some lofty goals for ourselves at times without regard to the fact that, that we are so human that when they don't come to pass in a fairly quick fashion that we get discouraged and lay them aside. But if my goal for this week is say, I want to lose 50 pounds this year, I would love to do that. I mean, I, I don't think, I think I'd blow away, you know. Y'all wouldn't be able to see me, I don't think. But, but let's just say I wanted to lose 30 pounds by the end of the year. Well, you know, my next step today is just two pounds this week. One pound this week. You know, and the thing about it is when you set steps on your way to a goal, as you take those steps and you attain them, it encourages you. When you have a faith project of a large nature, break it down into smaller things. And as you attain those smaller things... You know, it encourages you. It builds up your faith. I'm getting ahead of myself again. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not wrong to set spiritual and natural goals. We are natural people. You know, and, and I have seen, you know, just in, uh, in life, it's best if I write those things down. You know, Habakkuk says to write the vision and to make it plain. I believe it's uh, it says in Habakkuk 2, 2, it says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reads it. The amplified version of that says, Engrave it plainly upon tablets, that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. You know, it's not... These are things that are not to be done just lightly, trivial goals, but something that we need to, to take time and pray over and let God speak to our hearts, you know, and, and let our own hearts, you know, lead and guide us, you know, into the things that we're going to put down on paper. Because, you see, the person who needs to, to see it as they run by quickly is you. Is you. Our lives get so busy and get we get so involved in so many things that we lose sight 
of the things that we started out having good intentions to do. It would, it would be great if we all, you know, sat down, took a few days, and then began to write out some of the things that we're believing God for in this year. And go back and look over those on a consistent basis and check them off. Don't get rid of them, but check them off as they come to pass one by one. And at the end of 2015, we can go back and we can look at that list and we can look and see how marvelously God has moved in our lives. And we can honestly take, our, take a, a look at ourselves and see that we are not where we were at the beginning of this year, but that we have moved on into the greater, the greater. And so let's just, let's just start with some, with some spiritual goals. You know, spiritually speaking, the word has got to become first place. It's got to have high value to us. You know, the things that we value the most are the things that we're going to pay the most attention to. There was an old commercial from years and years and years ago, and I don't know that anybody probably even remembers it, but it was about a, um, a brokerage firm called E.F. Hutton. And the commercial was, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. You know, and the commercial, went, so like, there's a group of people and somebody, you know, E.F. Hutton says, and the whole room stops dead still, there's silence, and there's just a, a waiting for what is about to come next. You know, we have to treat the word with such value that when the word is going forth, everything else is put aside. Amen? When it's, when it's time to do your private devotions, concentrate on what God's saying to you through the word. When we come into a service, put everything else aside and pay attention to the word that's going forth. It's easy to get caught up with things. We come in with things on our mind, you know, especially on Wednesday nights. You know, the, the week we're halfway through the, our, our work week and there are things that we've, that we've accomplished so far and things we have yet to do and places we still have to go and activities we still have to be involved in. And, and it's easy just to let those things rule our thinking while we're here. And, you know, we have to make a conscious decision, you know, to give the word fully to, to, to ourselves. What does it say? Attend to my words. Put your attention, put your focus on what the word is that's going forth at any particular time. Whether it's in your private devotional time, whether it's in a conversation with somebody that you're, you're talking about the word, whether it's from the pulpit, whether it's a message in tongues, whether it's in, in interpretation, whether it, sometimes it's a song. You know, it's, it's wonderful that we, we sing the word. And thank God how many of the times that I have found myself just in need of encouraging myself and I, can, and I can go back to a song that we just got through singing that's full of the word and I can sing myself happy. I can sing myself back into a place of being encouraged. I can sing myself back into a, into a place where my faith is built back up to do what I need to do next. So pay attention to the word. You know, you can tell how much somebody values something 
by what they do with it. Mm-hmm. By what they do with it. You know, we demonstrate the value we put on the word we hear by whether we act on it or not. Oh, amen. Yeah. A lot of people have access to a lot of word, but it does them no good because they never act on it. Over the years, I, I, don't, I don't know how many times we've encountered situations where someone would have an issue in their lives and they would, they would, want to, they would come and they would talk to one of us and we would, we would set the word before them. A little bit of time goes by and they come back with the same issue. And we'd set the same word in front of them. A little bit of time goes back, goes by. They'd come back with the same issue. We've got the same word for them. I remember somebody, I think it was pastor, said to somebody one time, I'm going to make you a tape. This was back in the days for CDs. I'm going to make you a tape. And every time this issue comes up, play the tape because I have nothing new to add to what I've already told you. You know, sometimes you just have to get that blunt with people because the problem was they were never putting into practice the word that they heard. And so because of that, I knew they had no value that they placed on what they heard. You know, sometimes people think, well, that's just your opinion. Well, it came right out of the word. It's not my opinion. It's what God's opinion is. If that's what the word says, it's not my personal opinion, although I happen to agree with it. It's not my personal opinion. This is what God had to say. Now, if, if I tell you this is my personal opinion and you choose not to take it, not to act on it, that's fine. That, that's your prerogative. But, you know, when it's God's word and it's what God has to say about it, then you can't very well be upset because nothing changed when you didn't do something with what God said. Amen. Listen, the word, you have, to, you have to value the word to the extent that you understand and you truly believe that it's the very core of what sustains you. That it is vital to all that I am and all that I do in every part of my life, in my personal life, in my body, in my finances, in my home, in my job, in my everyday dealings with people, it is vital. Do you know what the word vital means? It means absolutely necessary. Of critical importance. The word has, you have to look at it that way. And it's, and it's not something that we, we pick and choose, the parts that we like and the parts that we don't. President George Bush, somebody tried to, to get him to, I think it was George Bush Sr., um, the subject of broccoli came up. He says, I don't like broccoli. I'm not going to eat broccoli. I've never liked broccoli, and nobody can make me eat broccoli. My mother made me eat broccoli, but I'm an adult now. Nobody's going to make me eat broccoli. He was very emphatic about it. Well, you know, some people take that approach where the word's concerned. I don't like that part of the word. I don't have to take that part of the word. I'm not going to do that part of the word, and nobody can make me. 
But, you know, we have to get to a place where we're willing to see what the Word has to say and be willing to start walking it out. There's nothing that the Word tells us that we need to do that is not for our benefit. It's all intended for our good. It's to make sure that our lives are actually better than what they are now when we do those things. And so when, we, when you start looking at it, everything God puts in his word, everything he tells me, every, every place where he, he, he shows me that, that I, need to, I need to make adjustments here, every place where, where I see that my mind is not renewed like it ought to be in this particular, you know, I, I, just, I just have to know that that's important. It's critical to my well-being. It's vital to my life. And so I'm willing to do whatever the word says do. You know, and sometimes God will speak to you. You know, when, God, when you know God has spoken something directly to you, then that is as critical as anything on the written page. Sometimes, you know, it's just, you know, oh, that was a nice thought. And sometimes you know, you know, you know that's God talking to you. There's no way around it. You, you, yeah, I don't, I, it ouches, but I, I know, I, I, I know. And so, you know, spiritually speaking, our goals should be that, that we put greater emphasis on the Word and that we're going to have a goal of an increased knowledge of the Word this year. That we're going to become a better doer of the word this year, that we're going to have a stronger prayer life than we've ever had before. Because I'm telling you what, folks, did you see the news today about what happened in Paris? Listen, you know, the world is becoming a more dangerous place every day, and a stronger prayer life will keep you safe. Because you're going to be more attuned to when the Spirit's talking to you, the stronger your prayer life is. Because the stronger your prayer life is, the more conscious you are of this spirit man down here. And this spirit man's going to be able to talk to you and warn you and tell you, give you instructions on things that you need to know and you need to know now. We need to become more conscious of the things that we say. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, what comes, we just think, well, it's just, you know, oh, I didn't really mean that. Then you shouldn't say it. Being more conscious of what we speak, that we're speaking what's in line with the word. That we speak what God has to say about situations. That we don't let negative stuff, we've got something that we're believing God for, that we stop letting negative stuff come out of our mouth just because we haven't seen it come to pass yet. Or just because this isn't easy. You know, it doesn't seem easy to stand. Listen, just start telling yourself, this is easy. You know, there's, there are big things and small things, you know, that we can make hard or we can make easy. And one of the best ways we can make it easy is to say, this is going to be easy. Say what God has to say about you. 
Say what God has to say about the any situation. Speak what you want to see out of the situation. And stop speaking what the devil wants you to say. If he can get you at a place where you're speaking doubt and unbelief, then you'll never see things come to pass. You'll never see changes in your life. You'll, you'll never see the goals that God wants you to have. You won't see them. We can make some spiritual goals of being at church more. And I don't mean just physically. I mean mentally. Sometimes you're here and you're not here. You know, that's true for everybody. The body is sitting here, but the mind is somewhere else. You know, my thought processes have left the building. We can set ourselves a spiritual goal of expecting more when we come. The person who comes into a service expecting more leaves with more. person who expects little goes out with little. You can set a spiritual goal of determining to be a bigger blessing to your church and to your church family. Amen. There's, all, there's more that we can all do to be a bigger blessing here and to each other. You know, just because we're, we come into church and we, and we sit here together doesn't mean that when we leave here, we're not still a part of this family. There are ways we can be a blessing to each other. You know, and, and, and honestly, you know, the more we spend time in prayer, the more tuned we are to our spirit, the more likely you are to hear God tell you how to be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual goal is, is being a better witness outside these four walls. You know, I, I, several churches have taken on a, uh, a little saying of each one reach one. You know, and, and um, you know, that's not, a bad, that's not a bad goal. Each one reach one. And that's just, if you did that in one year, if, if we did that, if, if each one of us reached out to someone and ministered to them and brought them into a place where they could hear the word, this place would be full tonight. We have, to, we have to get outside of ourselves and start thinking more in lines of this is what I have and this is what I'm blessed with and I want somebody else to get in on it as well. You know, I go places, you know, pastor and I do, and we'll, we'll stop, to peop- stop and talk to people, you know, as a cashier. It could be somebody at a restaurant. It could be just, you know, anywhere. You're, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed, you know. You know, you just talk, just strike up a conversation. Do you go to church somewhere? Yeah, you know. Well, okay, you don't? Well, listen, I've got a great church for you, you know. Come visit us sometime. Listen, get people acquainted with God and with your local church. If they've already got a local church, bless them. You know, and tell them just keep on growing in the things of God. But if they don't, listen, there are people who need to know what you know. Your life has been radically changed by the Word of God. And we need to share that ability with other people so that their lives can be changed as well. Smith Wigglesworth had had a goal of getting somebody born again every single day. Now, that's a pretty awesome goal. And he did what it took. 
If he had, that meant he had to leave his house and he had to go out on the streets, you know, he would do that every single day. You know, I'm not saying that that's what you need to do every day. But listen, start somewhere. The starting place is each one reach one for 2015. I'm telling you what, if you get one in the first month of 2015, you'll do it again in February. And if you get one in January and one in February, you're going to be looking for somebody in March. Amen? Amen. Set a goal. You know, set something that's attainable. You know, but set some goals here. You know, you can purpose to be a bigger giver. You know, we gave out, we're giving out uh, contribution statements. You know, and, and our goal has always now, always been to, to, to be a bigger giver this year than we were last year. Of course, now with the building fund taken care of, that's a little harder to do. You know, but that doesn't mean that your giving stops here either. You know, you can be a bigger giver to your church. You don't, you don't have to just be a tither. You should be a tither. And a tither is somebody who gives 10% of every paycheck. Every paycheck. And every piece of increase that comes into their hands, that's a tither. Jacob said, of all, the, of all that you give to me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Some people seem to think that the increase is only just a paycheck. Increase is not just a paycheck. Increase, I, you know, Pastor and I, we totaled up all our Christmas gifts this year. Some were monetary, some were not. We tried to find out a value of what our Christmas gifts were. And, and we tithed on everything that came into our hands. You know, there's a valid principle in that. And so you start with the 10%, and then you look to be a bigger giver. You know, the more you pray, the more likely it is that God's going to tell you to bless just an individual with something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently had somebody who, in fact, is I've, I've had this happen quite often. Somebody says, well, I, I've got this X amount of dollars, and, and, and I want to give it to somebody, but here, you decide. I'm going, no, you pray, and you decide what the Lord is telling you. That's easier than you giving me your money and for me to have to decide who it goes to. You know, if God put it on your heart to bless somebody, then he'll tell you who. And it's, it's amazing that sometimes God might tell you to give it to somebody that you think, oh, they, well, they don't need anything. Oh. No, if you, if you heard Joby and Brittany's testimony on Sunday night two weeks ago, you would never have known there was a need in their lives. For months, you would net. This was was a, an ongoing thing, a long term thing that they were that they were believing God actively for. You would never have known, and so don't be surprised that somebody God puts on your heart is is in need of something, but they're believing God, and they're not believing you to make the difference there in their lives. They're believing God to make it. You know, it says let your request be made known to God, not to people. And, and personally, I'd rather know that it came straight from God, not because I, you know, I pity partied somebody into giving me something. You know, I, I made my needs known to somebody. We, we saw that a lot when we were out at Rama. A lot, a lot of Rama people, you know. I mean, here we are, a family of four living on one, on one income that was half of what the breadwinner had been making. We were out there, and, and we didn't tell people when we didn't have anything. I didn't tell my family. 
I didn't tell my friends, didn't tell my neighbors, didn't tell anybody. And when, and when God moved, I knew it was God because nobody else knew it. But Raymond students out there were fantastically known at that during, and it's probably still are, going, so how you doing today, brother? Oh, all my needs are met in Christ Jesus. Right, 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 right. You know, and just goes on and on with all this huge, long confession. You go, yep, they're needing money. <laughs> See, that's the subtle way of telling you I'm in need. You know, without overtly saying, listen, I need some money. And they would just, oh, I'm bl- bless God, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. My, all my needs are supplied. You know, yeah, that's, that's, I know what you're saying. That's, that's giving me the heads up that you, you need something. You know, don't do that. That's just a little side journey. Sorry. (laughs) Another spiritual goal you can set for yourself is be ready to be used. It might be in a service. It might be out there on your job. It might be in the grocery store. Be ready to be used. Sometimes it might be just a pay for somebody's coffee. Sometimes it might be just to lay hands on them and pray for them. Uh, Leah told me about it, something back in November. She was in a, in a department store, and this lady, something fell off a shelf and, and hit her, and so she immediately went over there prayed with the lady. Uh, Callie was the recipient of a, lady, a lady's prayers. She was putting the baby in a she had left her, her, her pediatrician's office and was putting the baby in the car seat, and this lady came over and said, you know, I asked her what she was doing there today. She said, I took my baby to the doctor. Can I pray for him? There are people who actually listen and are willing to be used. You know, they're total strangers. Well, then great. They won't ever know you. You won't have to be embarrassed at all because they don't know who you are. You're probably never going to see them again. So, you know, if they're never going to see you again, then, then, hey, don't hold back. Just go do it. If God says go do it, then go do it. Amen. And so those are some spiritual goals, and I have nine minutes to get to the natural ones. There's, I said earlier, there's nothing wrong with having natural goals. God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. He doesn't want you to struggle in this life. And so, you know, that's great. He wants you to be a, demonstra- a walking demonstration and evidence of his goodness and his provision. So that when somebody says, you know, I don't know what to do, I, 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 I don't know, you know, I don't have this, and, I, I'm, and my life is just falling apart, you can say, listen, this is what God does for me every day. He blesses me every single day. He provides all for all my needs every single day. He's a good God. You can be a demonstration of those kind of things. But, you know, naturally speaking, you can set goals for, for yourselves. You know, but remember this. In Matthew it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Listen, I want the kind of addition naturally that comes because I put the things of God first. You know, you can get things out of order and out of line, and when the natural things take such a prominence in your life that the spiritual things takes a back seat, then you have just missed out on seek ye first the kingdom. You, ha- you know, we have to go back and do a checkup on ourselves every so often. What was it Pastor Greg was saying on, on Sunday morning uh, that he gets up in the morning, he goes and takes a look in the mirror and fixes his hair. You know, sometimes we need to take a, sp- a look in the spiritual mirror and see what we look like and do a little checkup. And if something needs straightening up, straighten it up. If things need to be put back in place, put them back in place. But 
a real consistency of checking up on that will do it instead of waiting until it's just like, oh, my heavens, what am I going to do now? I mean, this is like out of control. Don't let things get out of control. Um, you know, there are things in, in all of our lives that, that we need, naturally speaking. If it's, if it's financial, you know, then set yourself some financial goals. This is where I would like to be financially at the end of this year. One of the best ways you can do that to start with is to make a budget. And I'm not going to get into a budgeting class or anything here. But, you know, there are, there are three things that a budget will do for you. Number one, it will help you keep your financial priorities straight. In my budget, God's money is at the top. And every week, God's money is written out before the paycheck is even issued. I know what the paycheck's going to be. Maybe for some of you, you know, you have varying paychecks, so you don't know what your paycheck is going to be. But I know what mine is. And so my tithe check is written when the paycheck is in my hand. My tithe check is written before that money even goes in the bank. And I bring it on Sunday mornings, and I put it in. But a budget will help you keep your financial priorities straight. Too many times people don't have a budget, and, then, and they get through, they get their money, they get their paycheck, they put it in the bank, or they get it in cash, they pay everything else, and then suddenly, oh, I don't have enough money left for my tithe. No, I start. That's where you start. So a budget will help you keep your priorities straight. Number two, it'll help you keep your flesh in line. Mm-hmm. I have X amount of dollars that, are, that is spendable cash, and this is what I can spend. Instead of going into the store going, oh, they've got a sale. You know, when you walk out with about four times more than you should have even considered when you walked in. You know, it'll help you keep your flesh in line. And number three, and this is the most important one, it'll help you know where you need to put your faith. What areas in financially in my life, where do I need to apply my faith? Uh, my car is not doing so great. And I can't afford, you know, a brand new car, so I need to believe God for, for the finances to, to fix this problem or maybe to get a different car. Where do you need to put your faith? Your budget is not designed to limit you when God says give. You've got, I have a budget. I tell pastor all the time, I have a budget. We have a budget. <laughs> he doesn't listen. And... There are times when God speaks to my heart about giving something and my budget starts speaking. Mm-hmm. I know what my budget is. But I'm here to tell you, when God starts talking to you, throw your budget out the window. Because what God's wanting to do is he wants to improve your budget. He wants to expand your budget. That's why he's telling you to give. So budgets are a great place to start for your financial goals. Don't, don't set goals for yourself financially that are way out there. You know, you have to understand where your measure of faith is and where it can take you. And set smaller goals along the way. And as you reach them, your faith is built up. Just what I said earlier. In health areas, set some goals. Uh, you know, listen. There are times when you don't need to believe the, believe the word and quote scriptures as much as you need to start exercising. Some blood pressures would go down if some more exercising was done. 
Some blood sugar levels would go down if some more exercising was done. Some, some aches and pains and knees and joints would go down if we took some weight off. Just saying, I'm talking to myself. I got some knees that talk to me ever so often, and I, and I know what I need to do about them. Set some goals for yourself in those areas. Ask the Lord, you know, what do I need to do to take better care of the temple you gave me? We have to be good stewards of our finances. We have to be good stewards of our bodies. You know, we said, well, I'm just going to believe God for that. Well, okay, and believing God for it, what's the doing? Where's the doing that goes along with the believing? Sometimes the doing is to shove back some things that we dearly love to eat. And sometimes I have, I'm finding myself at a place where I'm just saying, Lord, help me to like the things that I should like. I don't like broccoli. I'm with President Bush. I don't like broccoli. Help me to like the things that I need to like. Do you know God will help you do that? He'll help you. Help me to say no to that chocolate bar that's sitting in my office right now. I love caramel. Those little Milky Way Simply Caramel things are just fantastic. And Lord, help me to say no to those today. You know, sometimes I have to get to the place I found myself the last few days going, just get me to bedtime, Lord. Just help me get to the bedtime. Once I go to sleep, then we're good. We're good. I can say I made it through the day without getting one of those things. You know, they may be silly to you, but, you know, but for somebody like me who loves those things, it's not silly. Until, until I get my flesh to a place where it is totally locked down. Amen. Glory to God. Natural, spiritual, healthy goals. In relationships, what are your goals in relationships? Some people's goals are, are to maybe to, if they're not married, is to get a mate. Well, well what's my goal then for that? Number one is to have my relationship with God to such a place that when that person comes into my life, I'm what they're looking for, as well as them being what I'm looking for. In a, in a, in a relationship situation that maybe is not going so great, maybe some family or something, you know, God, what can I do to make changes? What can I do to make this better? What can I, you know, you don't start out with what the other person can do to change. What can I do? There are goals that you can set. You know, it just kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, the more we, we concentrate on our prayer life and on our word life, the more God's able to talk to us. And then at that point, we become a doer to see these things. You know, but at the end of this year, we want to see our standard of living spiritually and naturally increased. And it will be up to us as to how much they increase this year. According to this word that the Lord gave, greater is possible. But what measure of greater do you want to see realized this year? What measure of greater? You can have a little greater. You can have a lot greater. But, you know, there was, there was so much in this that I, I, just, I just saw that it's just being so apt and so appropriate, you know, for us. You know, our personal lives impacting our church life. 
our, our personal lives and our church life impacting us as a whole, as a congregation, and how God can use us and how God can flow in our services and how we can impact the, the area around us. You know, our impact just isn't, isn't just here, but our impact goes around the world with our prayers, with our finances, and our missionaries. There's so much. You know, you know one of our financial goals in, in, in giving this year can be in stepping up our giving into, into missions so that it goes around the world, you know, and that this church has that kind of an impact, you know, around the world. But to, uh, to step into the greater things, we have to take hold of them, of what God has said, and we have to run with them. So, praise God. That's my New Year's message. So you've gotten something from all four of us now. Holidays, just like chicken. Fried chicken, chicken and dumplings. Baked chicken. Oh, I can go on and on. <laughs> but see, the word's like that. It's multifaceted. There can be a new flavor to the same thing every single day that is satisfying every single day. You know, so I want at the end of 2015 for us to be satisfied with the, what we've seen, the results we've seen from this year. And we can start it now. It's January. It's just the first week of January. So let God talk to your heart. I want to see bigger, better, greater. I want to say at the end of this year that we're flowing in a greater measure than we've ever flown before, in greater power, in greater demonstration, that the things in my life are at a greater level, and I'm a greater blessing everywhere I go, and to more people than I've ever been able to bless before. Amy, can you say that same thing too? Amy. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.